Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. This is Jay Kokorowski. We got Drew Hom on the phone, but I am here inside Camp Randall Stadium in, in a facility or a room that is, I won't say secretive, obviously, but no, <laughs> we're, we're not here. But we are joined uh, by... So we're talking World Cup because obviously it starts today and this will drop later today for you guys we're recording in the morning. We're here with Wisconsin Badgers kicker Rafael Gaglianoni. Rafael, how you doing, man? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Um, our pleasure. Thanks for coming on. And, and obviously with your schedule mm-hmm. and, you know, you and I were talking before we started, it, you guys got done with some summer conditioning mm-hmm. and, and then just what what did you have to go through today? Yeah, summer conditioning is always kind of a tough part of the year just because of how important it is. You know, it's just so much emphasis on, on the conditioning and on the strength side of things. So today, for example, we just had the, the volume sprint. So we're doing, you know, 260s at 7 seconds. And you're doing, you know, 440s at 5 seconds. And like I told Coach, you know, like 5 seconds on a 40, that that's my 40-yard dash right there. That, that, that's full wild, Coach. So, so we're just joking around. But this is just kind of the time of the year that we really grind and, you know, just really work with the position coach and just kind of trying to find ways to get better. But it's really just about the conditioning and the strengthening. And, you know, once the season kind of goes, you kind of take a step, step back from that and just work on your technique. But, you know, it's a challenging time of the year, especially, you know, as a kicker, you got to do all the same things as everybody else. And, you know, you want to be there for your teammates so that when, you know, Saturdays come along, you're not just a guy that shows up on Saturdays and just, you know, are there making kicks or not. So it's just cool to be a part of it and just see what it takes to put a season together. And when it comes to when it comes to just summer conditioning, like just how hard of it is the grind? How many days a week? How many, you know, just for those that don't know uh, summer conditioning, it's how many days a week and just how long and, and just how much does it tax, tax you guys too? Yeah, so every day we have either, you know, we have two two steps to it. So it's the running, conditioning, and then the, the strengthening part on the weight room. So we're, we're always either on the field or the grass or the turf, and we're just kind of, you know, doing agility drills or doing crossfields or, or things like that that are really boosting our stamina and, and our agility and, and sprint drills, speed drills. So everything that you can think of as a football player, they're, they're putting you to the challenge. And then you go into the weight room and there's another hour of, you know, just challenging. So I think the hardest part is just kind of having the maturity to approach every day with the same mentality and not just being, you know, having all that energy on week one and then you get to week four and you just kind of drain. So it's just kind of being the same guy and it's just bringing in that the leadership, you know, me being an older guy in the team and an older guy in my position who's played a lot. It's kind of trying to help out the younger guys who are kind of coming and figuring out. And I think it's funny for our positions as kickers, you come into college with such a different perspective. Uh, obviously, I had only played the game for two years and had no idea what, what was at stake and what was kind of waiting for me here. So I think the, the conditioning and the, the running and the lifting part is just one of the biggest steps that you got to really learn because it's something that you're going to be doing every day for the first two months that you get here. So it's just that commitment of knowing that you're going to go to a workout that's going to be pushing you to the limits and you got to do all the things to rehab right, to, to recover right, so that you can come in the next day and give your 100%. So I think it's just kind of that mentality of approaching things the right way. It's not just the two and a half hours that we're here. You know, it's the rest of the day, what you do, what time you're going to sleep. And, you know, for us, practice starts at 7.30 and it goes until like 9.30 or 10. So you just kind of, it's a long period, but I think it's also the preparation, you know, getting enough hours of sleep because you're waking up at 6 because you want to come to the stadium. You want to have a meal before you lift. And you want to, you know, stretch and do all these things before you live. So it, it's a long process, but it, it's a nice one once you kind of understand why you do everything that you do. And it really helps you out. 
Now, Drew, we want to. Now, I know, I know you're a big World Cup fan. On that note, that's why we have Rafael on, on, and it's a. Uh, and, and Drew, we'll have you start firing away since you are the not just the you know the beer connoisseur, the beer expert, the bar bracket uh, champion in, in our on this site, but uh, you're also our World Cup correspondent. So fire away, my friend. Right. I, I like to think I'm uh, the guy who does everything except Wisconsin sports here on Bucky's Fifth Quarter. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> so, so Rafael, uh, I know you played soccer in high school in Tennessee, but when did you start playing soccer growing up? Uh, that's a tough question. I think as soon as I could walk, I think it's normal in Brazil to just, your first toy is always a ball. Or, you know, I had an older sibling, you know, an older brother. He was only about two years older than me, so he had, he had been playing for, you know, a couple of years before me. So I just kind of always try to pick up things as quickly as I could, you know, being the younger brother, looking up to my older brother I just kind of always wanted to be around but you know started playing competitive when I was probably like really young about like eight or nine I was you know playing in club teams and I think Brazil is really different the way you do things I think you really establish yourself as a potential you know level to go to the pros by the age of 14 and it's kind of that's your make or break here where you either get picked up by a team where's you know whether here is like the Chicago fine you'll be on their base academy until you get up to that level so, you know, I've been sort of on a couple of those teams and just been bouncing around and then saw the opportunity to come to, to the U.S. And, and the biggest difference is just in Brazil, you can only, you either playing soccer and you're going to go pro and you got to let go of school or you're going to be a bust and you're not going to make it and you just kind of sacrifice all those things. So for me, I always wanted to be around the sport. I grew up in love with soccer. And, you know, being in Brazil, is, there's no basketball. There's there's no football. You know, like if you're, if you're an athlete, you're trying to play soccer and you're trying to be a striker or days or that and it's just that's what was so different you know I grew up loving this game and came to the U.S. and was able to you know do both do school and do soccer and just how much fun I had with it and played my whole time in high school we had a couple good trips to state and whatnot so it, it was a really cool journey and it's just you know it's my first love it's when I go home it's all I talk about there, there's no football <laughs> there's no none of this you know I just focus on you know being who I was before I came to the U.S. and that's a guy that loves soccer and that watch all the games, you know, I'll go to games and, you know, sing the chains and stuff like that. So it's really cool. It's really cool. So I know you, you changed your number recently, but did you originally wear number 10 on the football field? Because that's the number given to the best player on the soccer team. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, there, there's no denying that. I think I've always been pretty open about, you know, being a soccer fan and being all about it. And, you know, once, Knowing that it, it won't affect my playing with football and the coaches kind of understand, I asked them to be number 10 and just, it was fun, you know, just being number 10 is kind of that number that you always wanted growing up and me being a center back, I never had the chance to really use it before football, so kind of saw my opportunity there and took it. <laughs> so it, it was cool, you know, it was just wearing the number that so many great players, you know, wore, Pele, Ronaldinho, like now Neymar. You know, Messi, and he just he just goes on and on, but you know, it's all the great ones wore that number, so it's just cool to to have that as part of my history here. So, I've done a fair amount of research on uh, this summer's World Cup while playing FIFA over okay. the last month, <laughs> and uh, all I've been able to figure out is that the champion will not be a team I'm controlling. Uh, <laughs> who do you have meeting in the finals this year? stuff i think i had brazil argentina meeting in the finals this year oh just, boy all south america yeah just one of those games that you just wait for your whole life but i i really think that 
last World Cup, and we're not going to talk about that last game the Brazil played in, but just kind of. Uh, no, I wasn't. I wasn't going to mention that. Okay, good. <laughs> just making sure, but yeah, just kind of the maturation process and Neymar being back from his injury and just kind of the the four guys that we have up top. I think nobody can touch us in this in this World Cup. Just in talent talent wise and just the level of playing together. I think those guys are in a really good spot. I think Marcelo on the left back with Neymar ahead of him and Coutinho right there in the middle. I think that's going to be kind of that triangle that we're going to use at all times. It's just, I don't know, Argentina is always a good team. You know, it's a well-coached team, and they have a couple flaws on their defense, which hopefully we'll be able to expose if we play them. But, you know, it's just exciting to to get to this time. You know, four years, you you be waiting for this World Cup, especially with the last result that we had at home. And everything that that went into that, so it's just it's just exciting to be back at this time of the year again. You're here with Rafael Gaglianoni here on Bucky's Fifth Podcast. Jake Okorowski, Drew Ham on the phone, and you know, looking at this, and I, you know, on SB Nation, we have our mm-hmm. preview. You know, as Sports Illustrator, everyone's got their World Cup preview. But in your yeah. opinion, who is the tough? What's the toughest group in the tournament? That's tough. Just because <laughs> you see so many teams that just play so well in the World Cup that don't yeah. play in the qualifying rounds. But I think just teams that have like nothing to lose and they're playing against. So for us, being Switzerland, I think that's a team that you know just to be at the World Cup and just to have that one guy play well. I think you know you're going into a matchup against Brazil and it's kind of the whole world's like you know everybody kind of tends to cheer for the underdog. So you have all that kind of that momentum going, but. You know, every every group stuff. I think Portugal is in a tough group. I think they're going to have a hard time getting out. Argentina is not in a very easy group. But Brazil is in a diff, different side of the bra- bracket, which I think is the easier side. But still, you just never know with the World Cup. You see what Ghana did this past few years and them going all the way up to the Uruguay matchup where, you know, Suarez put them on the ball and stuff. So... It's just you just never know who's going to take away. But I think all the African teams that go in, I think just their passion from their countries and how they really get into the field with their teams is dangerous in the World Cup. But, yeah, it's tough to say which group's the hardest. And, I mean, your two-part question. Mm-hmm. The one or two players that you're most excited to watch for from your home country in Brazil, but mm-hmm. also one or two players from outside, you know, from other teams, from other countries, that you're also excited to watch outside of just – uh, you know, outside of Brazil. Yeah, I'm going to go with the most basic answer to this for the two outside players just because I think everybody wants to see how Messi and Neymar are going to play for their countries. I yeah. think they have done so much for the sport over this past, like, 10 years. And just for us to be able to watch them go back and forth, it's, it's truly a blessing just the talent that they have. But I think that's the missing piece to both of them to really solidify themselves as some of the greatest in history. I think it's winning the World Cup and doing it for your country at the biggest stage, and I think that's something they both haven't done. So I'm excited to see how they both will perform at the highest level. And being that this might be like their last time at their peak in the World Cup, I think this will be the last one to really watch them go head-to-head in a tournament like that. But And from Brazil's side, I, I'm a huge fan of Marcelo, just the way he plays the game, just the quality of touches and just how he'll come up and help the offense, and especially him being on the same side as Neymar and just so much creativity and they, the flow of the game is just so different when they're both on the same page. And just, you know, Marcelo will do the same thing with Ronaldo on that side. It's just so easy for him. It's just second nature for him to just go down, have a good cross or something like that. So it's exciting. And I think another guy that I will add in that is just, 
you know, Gabriel Jesus, I, I, I don't know if I've seen enough of him to be the number nine for Brazil. I think that's a guy that went to, to Europe and, you know, it's battling for position with Aguero for Manchester City. So it's not a guy that solidified himself there yet. And we have Firmino, who's played well and went all the way to the finals of champions for Liverpool doing a great job. But I still think Gabriel edged him out. And just being the number nine, there's a lot of pressure that comes with it in the World Cup, you know, having Ronaldo play with that number and just Lamar and other players like back in the day. So it's just a lot of responsibility for Brazil. And he's still a young player, but that's kind of the World Cup that's going to define his years to come. I think Brazilians... With everything that we do and being so spoiled with winning so many, I think everything, like we're going to look at Neymar and if he doesn't win a World Cup by the time that he's done, then he won't be at the same level as the other guys, Ronaldinho, Ronaldo, Ronaldo. So it's just everybody wants it so bad. And that's what's so cool to watch. So it's going to be a lot of good guys to watch. Yeah. Drew, what you got, man? Uh, are you worried at all about Danny Alves missing the tournament? I'm not as worried as I am sad for him just because – that could or could not be last one and just everything he's done and just he's just such a simple guy and you can see he's always like upbeat and just kind of the veteran guy that kind of brought it all together but it's tough I mean I think Danilo is going to be a good back that we're going to plug in there but I think that's what helps having Marcelo and good two backs Thiago Silva and Miranda or Marquinhos if we choose to plug him in and just having like a solid everybody else is going to help him out so I think we're just going to stay sort of to that left side of the field Whereas more Marcelo and and Neymar as opposed to William and Danilo on the right side, but I'm not not too worried. I mean Brazil has a lot of pieces to cover that that missing one, so so I don't think that's going to be a huge issue. Right, it's very much a, a next man up sort of thing yeah, for Brazil. Mm-hmm. So speaking of uh, the Brazilian team, who on their World Cup team could play for the Badgers right now? And you can't <laughs> say you can't say soft ass Neymar. <laughs> That's tough. Oh man, I don't even. I think just see that's the thing, and I'll have to find a position for them too. Well, you you mean like in the football team? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's tough. I think so. We have a backup goalie. His name is Casio. I think he has to be like six five. He might be as lean like two oh five to ten. Okay. But we could, you know, just put him on the Devo lift, let him progress a little bit a year. Maybe we can have him as a as a tight end for us coming up. Or we'll see. He he looks like he has good hands. I mean, he's been on goal his whole life, but just don't know how that would translate. Yeah, I, I was thinking Alisson myself. I thought yeah. the, kind of a similar thing, having him out there bulk up a little bit and then throw yeah. him in at tight end. Yeah, I, I just think Costa is just a little bit bigger than him. But, but no, okay. definitely the goalies, the goalies would be the easiest choice because all the, all the guys up top I think we have is like 5'9 and 5'7 on, on all our strikers. It wouldn't be ideal. Right, a little too short to play in the Big Ten. Yeah, that would not go well. So... I'm sure you saw that Spain fired their coach uh, the day before the tournament started. What would your reaction be if Michigan fired Jim Harbaugh the day before the season started? <laughs> I mean, it's just just like I'm feeling right now. You know, I'm not worried about that. I'm focused on Brazil, and you know, here I'm focused on Wisconsin and whatever edge we can get. You know, I feel for them because that's a tough time to lose a coach. But 
you know, whatever advantage we can get, we got to take it at this time of the year. <laughs> True. I, I mean, personally, I'd be devastated because then Michigan might finish higher than third in the Big Ten East. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who knows? It's not my place to talk about this. You know, I'm just trying to worry about soccer and, and football. Here. <laughs> I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> oh, that, that would get me. Of course. <laughs> uh, so, uh, who has your favorite kits this year in the World Cup? See, I was that's tough. I, I love Brazil's kid, the away kid, the blue one. Oh, classic. One, I think yeah. that's a beautiful one. I've been talking to Dari a lot, ah, and he's yeah. been he sent me pictures. He got all the kids away, home, everything, like training stuff. So his his kids are really nice too. I I think just it's tough. Just all the soccer kids are nice. I, I like that. The only ones that I don't like is Argentina and Germany. So, <laughs> anyway, I, I, I think Portugal, Portugal has a clean one. Um, that's tough. I think Brazil, the blue one, is the best one still, though. That's awesome. I, know. I was going to ask about Dare. Yeah, Dare, we, we're always going back and forth about soccer, you know, just being some of the most, like, relatable on the team and just – it's just funny because you always send me highlights of Brazilian players and just like back in the day, it's like, man, I can't believe it. I was like, yeah, like I grew up watching this. Like that, <laughs> that's all I watched back home. Like that's all like, he'll send me a beer. He's like, have you seen he did this? I was like, yeah, I probably watched that a lot. But, you know, it's just cool. Like it was, it's cool to have like guys on the team that care about soccer. And yeah. That's what's the toughest part about this year. Just the U.S. being out just kind of hurts because, you know, it's not the same viewership and it's not the same, you know, trash talking the locker yeah. and I remember even my freshman year it was it was a scary point because you know I was still a true freshman had no idea what, what Wisconsin would be all about and I remember we had big Rob on the team who's like 6A <laughs> 3 whatever so you know I just remember I used to be like coming into the games and just trying to watch him just be like as quiet as I could and then all of a sudden <laughs> Brazil was scoring it's just a big yell and you're wearing the whole uniform so it was cool and then you know, U.S. was doing well, and they came yeah. out of the group phase, so everybody was trying to, you know, talk trash and just talk about how Brazil was going was gonna to screw it up and whatnot. So it was just cool just to be on that phase. And then this year we won't have some of that, but I've been convincing some of my friends to, to sort of jump on the bandwagon early. So TJ is all the way Brazilian for this workup, and <laughs> we'll see if we can pick up some more down the road. But, no, it's going to be exciting, yeah. Where uh, where do you like to watch the games? Oh, I just like to watch it at home, so I can just be comfortable and just be myself. You know, I don't like having to complain in English when I'm watching a Brazilian game. I just feel like that's that's just sort of like against my my morals to be doing that. Uh, yeah, well, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, and just I don't know. I just like to yell a lot in soccer games. That's kind of back home. That was kind of sort of the place that we would go to online. You know, you go to a soccer game and yell your lungs out, and then. You come in, you're just so relaxed, and you just had such a good time. So I really like to just be at a, at a private space, either with me and my close friends that sort of understand who I am more so than being around the team who who never seen a soccer game or never seen somebody so intense about, like, a game like that. So it's just nice, and I like to be so focused. I don't want to be talking or chatting during the game. I really want to, you know, watch how the players are doing everything. So it, it's cool. I like to watch it at home, yeah. And so all, all of the cursing during the game is in Portuguese? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. There's no stopping you. You're cursing the ref, you're cursing the players, your own players. It's just the, the cursing is just nonstop. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, that's awesome. We're here with Rafael Gaglianoni here on Bucky's Fifth Podcast. Drew, I know you got a couple more questions for you, my friend. Fire them away. Yeah. So 
uh, found out yesterday that the U.S. is co-hosting the World Cup in 2026 with Canada and Mexico, which is super cool. Uh, who will you cheer for when the U.S. plays Brazil in the finals? And how sad will you be after Christian Pulisic scores a hat trick <laughs> to beat Brazil? Has this guy broken the starting lineup yet? <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, I've seen a lot of the promises. I, I tried to jump on the bandwagon, but he just did not do enough for me. I'm still thinking Donovan's still the best U.S. player to, to come through, and maybe he'll, he'll turn around and have a good career after, but... Here's I think hope. the hype on him was a little bit too much. Like, he's a good player. I, I agree. But he's just not at, at that superstar level yet. No, you're right. Not yet. So I, I take it you'll be cheering for Brazil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that, that one's a safe one. That's awesome. Um, Drew, is okay if I take the next one? Yeah, fire away. All right, no, I was going to say with this one, uh, I know when you first uh, – 2014 LSU mm-hmm. Houston you kick that 50 yarder mm-hmm. do the dance yeah <laughs> more dancing there are you going to continue that going forward uh, I mean you're you know that's become an internet internet sensation for for gifs and or gifs however you want to pr- pronounce yeah. it but uh, I mean do you, are you still plan on doing that then I take it yeah I think it's just funny because you know the whole thing was not really planned you know it was not something that I was like oh if I hit a 50 plus I'm gonna do a dance or, you know it was just something that started with my you know with the older guys on the team that were here and I think as a freshman you just kind of go with the flow and and I remember you know during the kicking battles you know you start to pick up a couple guys that start to get on your corner and get excited when you make kicks and that was, you know, DG and, and DT. They were always on my corner doing the salsa dance. So we kind of started all together, and, you know, started with DG that freshman year and then moved on to, to DT and just kind of been doing the dance ever since. And, you know, it's just kind of just the heat of the moment. You know, I can't say, I'm, you know, I'm emotional when I play, so it's kind of hard not to celebrate and not. You know, for me, I think it's funny just because I understand that I'm only going to be in the game, you know, five times in the field, so... I really cherish those moments just because being through four off seasons, you know how long it takes to, to be at those opportunities. So I think, you know, if you're making your kicks and it's not getting in the way of your preparation and everything that you do, it's not something that you're doing it just to do the dance or something like that. I mean, I think it's something that, you know, the coaches are fine with it and the players have a kick out of it. So, you know, why not keep doing it? But we'll see. Maybe I'll get a better dance going yeah. or something. <laughs> Learn a little bit before I put myself out there in national TV. I didn't know how big it would get. I thought it was just going to be me and my teammate yeah. doing it. And all of a sudden, the dance is just kind of everywhere. But it's cool. You know, it's it's fun. And that's kind of what college football is all about. You know, one thing we get exposed, all of a sudden that explodes. And it's fun. It's just fun to be a part of it. And, you know, it's funny because – a lot of kickers don't get like half the recognition that I do, and I've been fortunate with that, and just having fans that that follow me throughout my career here. So, you know, I'm very thankful for not only having done the dance, but just kind of being able to show that other side of me. You know, just you know, a lot of guys see us with the helmets and pads, and they don't really understand what you got to do to get to this point. And just you know, for me to be Brazilian and sort of want to do everything with happiness, and just to have a good time out there. So I think that's just kind of a part of me, just kind of translating that message. Yeah. And I was going to say, like, Drew's got going to ask you something, that, and I have a problem with this coming up. 
uh, for this fall where mm-hmm. there are two weddings, but uh, in the fall, granted, I cover the team, mm-hmm. so I will be in attendance here, though I may be scrambling to get player <laughs> availability, uh, player interviews, and then running my tail gotcha. uh, to dance my, my tail off after <laughs> that. But Drew, uh, you I mean, you have a story about the Nebraska game, right? Yeah, I, I have a, a, a question for you. I have a friend who is a, a Wisconsin alum, we had Badger season tickets the entire time we were in school, and he had a fall wedding a few years ago. Uh, during that game, you kicked a game-winning field goal against Nebraska. Uh, the rest of us were huddled around a cell phone watching the game, and after you made the kick, we scared the entire wedding reception with the <laughs> screams we uh, let out. So uh, I guess my question is, who the hell schedules a fall wedding? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, that's tough. You know, fall weddings are tough for all the true fans of college football and, you know, NFL, depending on what, what day of the weekend it is. But it's tough, you know. I'm just glad that that kick went through. You know, you can't believe me that I was yelling just as hard as you guys. Not, I'm sure you were. <laughs> you know, that was not my, my personal best game out there. But, you know, I was just happy to, to be able to, at the end, do my job and help out the team to come out with a victory. And, those are kind of the moments that you live for you know as a kicker you have only so many opportunities to impact the game especially a game of that magnitude you know at Nebraska at a big stadium and you know with their away fans who are committed and you know how much that meant for us that season to to be able to keep moving forward you know it's just it's just always nice when you when you're able to perform for your team and just kind of celebrate you know after and just I'll never forget I think that's one of my happiest moments in the team I think, you know, I remember I missed a couple kicks that game and just remembering, you know, I reset, kind of did everything to get back and just kind of relax and go out there and, and make my kick. And then walking back into the locker room, we were the last ones in. We were taking pictures with the trophy for the first time. You know, I was a sophomore, kind of, you know, first time in Nebraska. So everything was just so new. And we're walking up to the locker room. And it was just me and, and Drew Meyer. And everybody was quiet, and I'm like, oh, man, I think they're already saying the prayer or something. <laughs> and as soon as I walk in, everybody just starts jumping up and yelling. And we're, like, with this super big trophy, so we're jumping, too. And I'm like, oh, God, somebody carried this. But, no, it was just so, so fun to just be around the guys and to be able to come through. And, you know, I'm glad you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. <laughs> no, we, know, actually, we, we, we did. I was going to say, Drew, I was actually at a wedding that same time, too. It was my uh, buddy's, yeah, my roommate from UW's uh, sister. And, yeah, I was like, my wife was yelling at me, like, why are you watching the game? I'm like, yeah. you're not you're not covering the team. You don't need to worry about this. I'm like, I kind of <laughs> do, just because, one, I got to know what happened. And, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, um, before we wrap up, you know, I was just checking the fact book here mm-hmm. uh, for UW. And, obviously, you're, you're amongst the best place kickers, uh, you know, Look at the record-wise yeah. uh, in you know in Wisconsin history going into your final year. You know what are your expectations for you uh, heading into this final season? First off, you know I appreciate that. You know it's been a lot of hard work just to get to this point, just to to go through these first four years. And I think I take it all in. You know I, I'm to the point in my career that I'm mature enough. Like I said, like I understand kind of why you do every step of the process and why you do everything with such diligence. You know you're always focused on getting that one percent just because. You know, when I miss kicks, it's not it's not going to be like a shank all the way to the left. It's, it's going to be the difference between inches, you know. Where you can miss or you can make a kick, that will completely change the season. I mean, you look back at the Nebraska kick, it was this far inside, you know. So it's just the little details that I think if you do all the right things, you can get lucky throughout the season. And you, 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 you need those breaks. And I think that's what I got at the Nebraska game. And just I think the biggest thing that helped me 
with that game, he's having missed first and having to learn how to bounce back. And, you know, just playing so many games for this university, put you in so many different situations that I feel like I've seen almost everything. And I've done so much in practice to put, my, to put myself in every situation. So when I'm out there, I just know that if I did all the work that I needed to do up to this point, I can really just relax and be myself and have fun on the game and just go out there and know that I'll perform. So that's when I can just let my muscle memory take over. So it's it's fun, and I'm excited just to see all the product of these four years. You know, it's not just this offseason. It's not just coming back out of a good season. You know, I think it's just everything that I've put together has led me to be at this position, you know, to have the trust from, from Coach Chris that, you know, if we're crossing the half line, basically we're going to be inside the range. So just the little things like that, just sort of being older and just being on the process for this long really helps out to, to feel good about this season, to, to expect a lot of big things. Awesome. And, I mean, if you miss a field goal, you can always blame Adam or Connor, right? Yeah. yeah I think that's the easy way out. You know, just blame somebody else. Point the finger and then get out of the way. Let somebody else take the hit. Well, I mean, Rafael, it's been great having you on the show. Uh, you know, enjoy the World mm-hmm. Cup. Uh, I know we will. I'm going to have my boys watching it, too. Uh, awesome. And just enjoy it and best of luck this summer conditioning and into the, your senior year this year. Appreciate that. Thank you so much for having me. Guys, that's Rafael Gaglinoni, Wisconsin Badgers place kicker here on Bucky's Fifth Podcast. We're going to take a quick break, come right back. Talk to you guys in about 30 seconds. Okay, maybe it's a little bit quicker than 30 seconds, but this is Jay Kokorowski back closing up this edition of Bucky's fifth podcast. Really a lot of fun. Thank you again to Rafael Gaglianoni and just with his uh, candidness and just a lot of fun that drew Ham and I had. And so a big thanks to him. And what we're going to do now real quick, a quick hitter. Uh, we're going to get to recruiting. You know, we're we're going to do recruiting in a separate podcast and I'm going to drop tomorrow morning. Uh, we'll have James Williams audio we had from last week. The one of the 2019 commits that just verbally pledged uh, last week, uh, last almost two Sundays ago now, and uh, so we'll we'll have that conversation plus some recruiting news. We have a big recruiting weekend coming up, uh, along with an announcement from uh, four-star quarterback Graham Mertz uh, that you guys will, uh, if you guys are on social media right now, it's breaking. So you'll hear that podcast uh, hopefully tomorrow at some point but you know let's talk the football team the team that's current right now you guys for many that you saw the report from jeff patricus of the milwaukee journal sentinel noting defensive ends garrett rand isaiah Loudermilk out quote unquote indefinitely uh jeff reported that you saw that uh, you know garrett had an achilles injury uh and and there's potential that he could miss the 2018 season uh, though nothing is confirmed yet and from what Jeff reported head coach Paul Christ noted that, they, that there's no official word as far as what it sounds like yet uh, Isaiah Loudermilk underwent surgery in the spring according to Jeff and it looks like uh, I mean his status is up in the air uh, as, as to how long he'll be out for but that's a, those are two big losses uh, not to end this podcast on a down note for those that follow and cheer for the Wisconsin Badgers but it's a significant loss uh, if you guys listen to the roundtable that uh, Mad City Sports Zone uh, WOZN Zach Heilprin had 
right after spring practice. I, you know, the thing that I said that I was still worried about with this team is the depth of defensive line. If Rand or Loudermilk were injured, they'd have, it'd be a, you know, a really steep hill, really big hole to dig out of. Right. So now you have, you know, Olive Sangapolu is the, obviously the nose tackle he's a lone senior. He he's acting like a second coach according to Anoki Brechterfield. And so now who's going to step up, you know, and how they're going to set up. Um, I mean, right now, Aaron Volpel would be the Richard freshman would be next in line. Uh, you Jeff reported, you know, that Anoki Brechterfield likes Isaiah Mullins saying he's physically ready. And now it's just a chance of him throwing it at him mentally and getting him uh, there. Uh, but also, you got um, obviously Craig Howe, David Pfaff, Keldrick Preston. Can they step up in this group and solidify, especially with Rand and Louder Milk out? It could be a significant blow to the defense. Then again, it also depends upon the defense uh, or the you know, how they have to game plan for particular opposing offenses. Uh, if they're more spread based, if they're more pro style like Wisconsin, we'll see how they match up. I mean, the one the glaring one that stands out to me right now is Iowa, that fourth game of the year uh, in September, Big Ten opener in Iowa City. Uh, if they can't solve there, the, who will step up there? But otherwise, other teams, I mean, you could probably get away with using two defensive linemen for the time being, at, you know, uh, this season, depending upon which type of sub package you use, uh, if they go to that 2 4 5 look. But uh, we're just speculating, right? So we don't know for sure. Uh, but stay tuned for us. You know, like I said, we're going to be there at Big Ten Day, Media Days in July. Obviously, Wisconsin Media Day later in July uh, in, or August. And then having, you know, obviously we'll be there to watch the progression of this team and, and this group through the first uh, however long Wisconsin uh, allows us to watch their practices. So uh, on that note, uh, let you guys go. Like I said, big recruiting update podcast coming up. We'll drop that. I just want to get this one, uh, this podcast out with Rafael uh, as the World Cup is ongoing. Uh, make sure you guys, again, are, before we even go into my little spiel here, big thanks again to Rafael Gaglianoni, giving us a chance to talk to him, uh, and just great insight there. Big thanks again to Drew Ham. Follow us on Twitter at B5Q. You know, like us on Facebook, and of course, we have the new Instagram. Make sure you guys follow us. Uh, we have tons of pictures, more pictures, obviously, during fall camp and media day, too. So uh, we're going to have a good time with that. Uh, follow me on Twitter at jcocob5q. And subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play. Tune in on the TuneIn app. We want to make sure this is your Wisconsin Badgers podcast. So we want to make sure we're giving you guys what you want and what you guys want to listen to. So uh, please give us your feedback. Uh, tune in, like I said, hopefully in the next day we're going to get that recruiting update up. I'm going to start recording right after I... I stopped talking for this episode and uh, a lot of big news with Graham Mertz, uh, big official visit weekend again for Wisconsin. We'll see uh, who else they could potentially have joined this class of 2019. So on that note, I am Jay Kokorowski. Guys, take care. Have a great start to the weekend. We'll talk to you soon here on Bucky's fifth podcast. Thank you.